Are we recording? Uh, yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Come on, Veer. Do it. Do it. Do it. I will inject a sedative into you. Ketamine like horses? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Tuesday Wine Club, guys. <laughs> We're so funny. <laughs> Only to us, though. <laughs> There's, I think... See, the fact that we've had over 500 plays means someone out there is listening to the full episode. Our friends. Our <laughs> and friends. anyone else we can blackmail into it. Welcome to this week's Tuesday Morning Club where you're just going to see Veer and I just absolutely lose it because at the time of recording since we're both absolutely past the point of exhaustion and it's just now it's a point where everything is funny. Like my phone case is funny. It has two hands on it and my own. Your phone case is... Okay, sure. It's got that little pop socket thing. Ha ha ha, okay, okay. Got it. Uh, the audience does not care. Audience, what do you care about? <laughs> Let us know. Tell us in the comments. <laughs> DM us on Instagram. <laughs> I swear. Self-plug. This is just... the Tuesday wake. <laughs> Look at me doing a self-plug today. The one and only. Uh, Achha, okay, I was thinking of... we could... Okay, oh, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> okay, you say. I feel like both of us are trying to be spontaneous, but it's obviously planned. But I... Um, we thought we could just to like honestly what are we doing fill time um tell you tell, uh, tell you guys about all the very random playlists we make because we have nothing better to do in our life but you can follow us on spotify self plug number 2 <laughs> i'm so proud of veer for actually like self plug having self plug moments because otherwise it's just me and he's shaming me and he's shaming me for promoting our own work it's not like i'm pro- uh, like Uh, promoting the neighbors work or something padoos <laughs> padoos <laughs> okay sam can you tell me can you can you tell me a little bit about the random assortment of playlists you've made for yourself okay i've actually just opened my spotify yeah mine's am so the oldest um the oldest playlist i made or rather followed i think was um piano christmas hits which is so on brand for me It's kind of disgustingly on brand if not Listen when you're in December and it's cold and at night you're working and like Christmas music like piano versions are playing it is magic I'm telling you As long as you're happy I'm happy Liar <laughs> <laughs> Okay what was your one of your favorite first playlists Um my first playlist is still a playlist i use today which is just like it's called now question mark because it's all the music i listen to now question mark <laughs> and i mean in the sense that there's like old songs and it's not like it's a current playlist it's just it's my like hub where i throw in everything i like mm. um or something that's sort of worth coming back to okay give me your funniest playlist it's a playlist called vibes and it's just full of 
90s and 2000s Bollywood music. And it is everything from the nicest to the cringiest music. It's always played in private mode. I have a similar one and it's always played at parties. Um, I was going to say that if you say you don't have one, I was going to come to your house no, and so, so this one I started making um, when I turned 20... 23 mm-hmm. i um i have a theme for all of my parties obviously, obviously. um so the theme was flo- floral flowers whatever so i made a playlist called flowers which was like my english music playlist now like well i need something to fill those bollywood vibes right so i call that one pool pulaya 2 i'm so proud of you right now i'm gonna <laughs> actually cry <laughs> yeah okay okay now give me your Okay, so we've got our first playlist. We've got our um, funniest. Like, funniest, and give me your most pretentious playlist. I have like three to list out, honestly. So one is studio vibes, because I mean it's not pretentious, but it w- it was meant to be when it started. Because <laughs> I had everything from like, um, I mean, I had Dua Lipa, of course, I had Taylor Swift. Um, I had like all these like. Like these cool TikTok songs, which I have no clue about, but I find them catchy, so I have them here. Um, and hang on, I've got one that's just like, um, it's called Love Letter Radio. Again, it's a Spotify playlist that I just follow, but it's all these yeah. like, um, hang on, I want to call them the right thing because otherwise it will be very embarrassing. But yeah. basically, um, like. There's like Chopa and I'm 100% like butchering the name, but like all these like pianists from like yeah. like the 18th century. And I, I then I know they're not from the 18th century, but like these like old pianists who have like all these like bougie numbers. <laughs> like people play them at dinner parties. <laughs> I play them when I listen, when I read my Cartier book at night. <laughs> yeah. Have you moved on chapter two? No, not really. I mean, I'm on Pierre now. It's a very long book. It's a very long book. I'm taking a break from it. I have, like, literally, I put it back. Like, usually my books that I'm reading on my bedside table, I've just, like, kept it away because it's so much information. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot to take in at a very, in a very short span of time. Yeah, I feel like I don't, I mean, as much as I really, I am interested in and I like reading it. I've stopped reading it at bedtime because I'm like, this is too much information for me to sleep. And also you want to retain it. Yeah, maybe I might switch back to my Agatha Christie's for the for my evening sesh, but then I also have to sleep with a light on because I'm absolutely afraid. Love that for you. Okay, wait, what is your most pretentious playlist? Okay, I have like, honestly, I have several. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm literally just going to puke a list here. Go ahead. Because I think I'm mostly pretentious. Um, I have one called, ooh, look at me, so edgy, which is... Can um, you send me that? Yeah, of course. Cool. Which is mostly just songs from Gilmore Girls, honestly. It's like, it's not that edgy. I have a wine drunk playlist that I'm working on. I feel like we should share that with this with this podcast audience. Yes. I have a playlist I follow called Princess Diana's Post-Divorce Playlist, which is a bop fest. <laughs> um, oh why God, are you I laughing? I love the internet. I love the internet. I, have a pl- I follow a playlist called Old Grandma, which the description of which is, Who's willing to exchange letters with me like you're all fighting in the war as I, your lover, waits patiently in our hometown for your safe return. And to... So that's another one I follow. I also follow a playlist called Sad BTS Songs because I like to fucking cry. Sure. Um, But my favorite of all time, that one that I have made, is um, Socially Distant Sad Boy Feelings 
want to get sad i got you covered speaking of getting sad and like liking to cry miss swift attacked us this friday miss swift okay can we can we t- tell the audience about how you were no and your your phone when this happened i was taking my makeup off okay i had no idea you were going to call me i had kept my phone on loud because we were supposed to to have this conversation last week but i kept my phone on the side i said okay you know what let me just go take my makeup off i'll come back he never calls me it is you know since we've started recording this podcast is the most weird has actually randomly picked up the phone and actually telephone called me <laughs> and like can you please pick up can you please pick up no, i think she thought and i was no the thing is we even we doesn't even say oh this is why i want to call you or sam this happened he just called me now and the last time we spoke that same evening he told me he was speaking to a common friend of ours and i was like oh shit something happened to her and i'm like having a meltdown why i'm waiting for him to pick up his phone and he's like oh my god have you seen it and before anything else i was just like what has she done <laughs> but yes miss swift has announced that her next album because we have all been clowning think it was 1989 Is in fact red. I still have a feeling that she might surprise drop it. I just don't trust her. Nobody trusts her at this point. If I'm never able to fall in love again because I have trust issues, you know where they fucking came from. Oh, hundred percent. But that's also fine because if I fall in love with someone and they break my heart, it means like I can listen to red even more. You can listen to red again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one last thing before we talk about the episode, we were finally, finally. getting the 10 minute version of all too well are you ready to cry with the explicit version are you ready to cry what do you think i do after tuesday wine club i mean i hope you don't sit in tuesday night cry club obviously oh, speaking of the tuesday wine club our guest tonight is hilarious not tonight but like whatever whenever you're listening to this is absolutely hilarious we and loved iconic, this episode oh my god Like I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm, I'm, I'm just obsessed. There's nothing. I know. You know, we we were recording, and so whenever we do record, Veer and I have like a separate Google Doc where we kind of go through questions and we make edits while the conversation is happening. And suddenly, Veer just types. He's like, "I'm obsessed." And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> But no, yeah, it was really cool to speak to someone who's seen fashion in India because I feel like there's just not. There's so much that's left undocumented about the the evolution of the fashion industry in India. I mean, so much is documented, but so much is not. Yeah. And it's really cool to speak to someone who's seen so much of it. And who was there from the beginning when the documentation yeah. kind of started? From for, when this started. Time. Yeah. So without dropping any more Easter eggs or clues or whatever you want to call them, now onto the episode. Where's your Drake? <laughs> I've got a little gin and water here I because have, their soda okay, was just very water. hot. <laughs> okay, cheers then. Let's begin. Cheers, cheers. cheers. Our guest today has worked in the Indian fashion industry for over thirty years and has become one of the most revered stylists in the business. He is someone whose career has ranged so far and wide across design, styling, and more recently, academia. From walking around Nift in what I'm told were flaming orange overalls. collecting some of the most unique eyewear which we can see to his time as fashion director for L and now academia at ISD please raise your glasses as we welcome mohan neelkantan to the mute to the well, <laughs> to the tuesday wine club <laughs> i want you to i want you to keep the error in <laughs> i will keep the error in because this is a big tongue twister at this point i think that's more fun 
So, Mohan, welcome. Welcome to the Tuesday Wine Club. Thank you so much for having me. Before we start, this is a question we ask all our guests. What is your favorite wine or drink of choice? Uh, it used to be vodka, but unfortunately, because of some health issues, now it's single malt whiskey. So, you just upgraded, basically. I upgraded. It's become more expensive. <laughs> it. My hobby has become more expensive. <laughs> okay, tell us, what was it like being <clears throat> part of the first batch at NIFT? Uh, actually, it is, I mean, looking back now, because I don't think the industry per se, which was anywhere very nascent, it was just starting. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with us. <laughs> you know, okay. at least now, no, I see now because I've, I, I'm into academics rather late in my so-called career. And now I see how the kids are being groomed and they're being interned mm. and, you know, yeah. there's so much which goes behind and there's something called placements and, you know, every design institute kind of guarantees that. But when we graduated and I'm talking about 1989, okay, mm. I don't think they knew what to do with us. I mean, there were this 25 kids who had graduated and they were, I mean, yes, there were the, you know, the ensemble had just started and there were some designers. Yeah. Kind of I mean, they, but every, all the kids couldn't assist designers, you know what I mean? And all right. of us did not have the so-called uh, uh, finances to start our own labor. So, you know, mm-hmm. and there was no such thing as a, you know, there was no, it was very, I mean, there was export houses, but export houses, what was happening was the designs came from abroad. The buyers sent you the design. You basically end up being just a production coordinator. You would not be, and we were taught to be, you know, creative and, you know, yeah. you know, the, you know yeah. what I mean? The first design fashion school. design with FIT New York and the American professors who taught us. And so, so they were, we were let loose and they kind of really didn't know what to do with us. I've heard of, and I keep saying I've heard of, the thing is, my mom is friends with Mohan, this is how I know Mohan, but I've heard of a black Taj Mahal inspired collection for your final uh, project. So, <laughs> what was that like? Uh, yeah, Could you so, elaborate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, I mean, I think it's, uh, I mean, now, of course, there's more than one course. There's fashion design, there's fashion communication, fashion business, fashion styling. There's so many courses. But uh, even now, I think most fashion design courses, the graduates graduate with a collection. In the sense, they have to Hmm. be inspired, sketch, construct, pattern make, and actually physically Mm -hmm. tailor garments, you know, based on a certain theme. So... We were expected to create, uh, I think, five was four or five. I think five was the minimum amount of garments needed, which would be then showcased as a fashion show. So, yeah. Yeah. So each of us were was expected to come up with five outfits. So, you know, so we were all looking around, you know, we had studied history of fashion and we had studied uh, culture and society. And so, you, you know, how inspiration kind of strikes. So you don't know where to. Yeah. So, I was always fascinated by Indian architecture hmm. and Taj Mahal is kind of, you know, there's really, I don't think there's much to describe in it. Everybody knows <laughs> what the Taj Mahal is. Yeah. But what people did not know, um, really do not know much, that actually he had an ambition to build a second Taj Mahal opposite the right, right, right. existing one. So this was meant to be in black marble. 
Yeah, so there was the white Taj Mahal, which still exists, and across right. the Yamuna, he wants to build a black Taj Mahal, which unfortunately, because of whatever circumstances, it never mm-hmm. happened. But I think the foundation was built. So I, from somewhere, I managed to come across this anecdote, and I said, "Why not?" I thought yeah. that's interesting. You know, something which could have been, and it, can you imagine how spectacular it will be—a black and a white. Yeah. And anyway, in fashion, it's such a classic combination: black, white. You know, absolutely. I mean, black and white—you can never go wrong. And can you imagine two Taj Mahals, one black, one white? So I kind of that idea kind of stuck with me. So I hmm. used that as a motive to make this collection. So that was my inspiration. And Love I think that. everybody kind of knows what a Taj Mahal looks like. There are those four minarets and a dome. Yeah. So it was very easy for me to make the garment. So I made four, <laughs> four slim silhouettes and one big dome. Yeah. So in Love the middle. It. So. Love that. Okay. So how did you get started at L? Because what was it like um, working at? You know, what was probably the only fashion magazine in its time at this in this country at the time when it started. Well asked, Sam. Sorry. What was it like? I mean, it was. Exciting! It was pioneering. I mean, we did because I think the Cosmopolitan and L I think launched around the same time. Yeah, we were the first, so we dared do things which no one else did, and no one kind of knew. Mm. Also, in a way, it was also kind of trying to make a breakthrough into the industry because people did not know what to do. Like I said, yeah. they did not know when we graduated. When we st- the designers did not know why we are sourcing was a word no one really understood. And then, of course, also the photographers, makeup artists. We said we cannot afford your commercial rate. There's something called editorial mm-hmm. rates. You yeah, know, they didn't understand that either. It's like you know why should we give you because magazines forever always claim. You know, no money, no money, no money. We are on a tight budget. We are on a tight budget. That yeah. is the that has been the pattern right from the beginning. So you know, we try to cut costs, and the photographers were. I mean, there were fashion photographers, but uh, they were doing commercial stuff, and they were also shooting. You know, a sewing machine to a washing machine, two garments, two mm. clothes, to you know, yeah. there's no such niche, but. Some were very popular and some were very, very talented. And then we wanted them in our magazine, but we couldn't afford their so-called commercial rates. So we said, you know, we have editorial rates. And then, of course, we said, told the designers that uh, we will take clothes for the shoot. So they said, okay, so how much will you pay us? So I said, no, we are not going to pay you. We're, we're just, we're just taking them. <laughs> we are going to borrow yeah. and we are going to return it. And then the other one said, how much should we pay you to be featured? So I said, no, you don't pay us either. So it, there is no money. You, you know, it's, you give us the clothes. Yes. If there's a damage, we will compensate. Otherwise, yeah. and if it is, you know, stained, whatever, we'll dry clean, etc. Mm. But you give us the clothes, we will shoot it on a model and we return it back to you. In return, you get credit. And this is, before Instagram and Facebook, when, right. you know, they couldn't really, you know, so, but for example, we told the photographers or the model, it'll be great for something called the portfolio. Mm. Yeah. And on the basis of which you may get commercial work, which is where the money is. So it benefits everyone, basically. Everybody involved, it benefits them in one way. 
Yeah, so this, but no one really knew. Now it's so easy, you know, when now yeah. your kids join a magazine, you're like, you write to the designer and saying, hi, for this editorial, for this month, yeah. I need this outfit, please attach option one, option two. You know what I mean? It just, people take it. Could you please give me your most recent lookbook? We had, we had to, no, we actually, I still remember going, taking appointment with designers and going from studio to studio in Delhi, yeah. introducing the magazine. Yeah. explaining the concept, explaining what an editorial shoot is. So, you know, so it was exciting. I mean, in the sense, obviously, if you start something new, so there's that excitement, but also, yes, it was kind of a... I, I think it was great. I think it was just a blast. And also, yeah. like, you laid the foundation down for sort of the magazine template in India as yes. well, right? Yes, yes. Um, Sort of speaking of laying the foundation down and things move changing moving forward evolving um has the role of a stylist evolved from when you first started to what it is today and has your own approach to styling changed yeah i think i think it's evolved for sure evolution is i think a given in any industry whether it's styling fashion I don't know, banking, technology, you know, I think evolution is, I mean, really, like I said, we did not have Instagram, now we have Instagram. We yeah. did not have artificial intelligence, now we have art. So evolution, I think, is a given. So evolution is, yes, the styling, I think it's just become more professional. I think that's the word which I would use. And the basic core has still not changed. Hmm. the outcome may have changed you know instead of a 10 page editorial maybe it'll be six images to be used on instagram handle right you know the outcome could change and the, yes there is also one uh i don't know whether it's i mean it's yeah it is uh in a way uh a change which has happened is that it's become more marketing yeah, you know it's funny you say that hmm. about the images on Instagram because while we were sort of prepping for the episode Veer and I were talking about how you know stylists have kind of branched into different types of work they do like taking Anita um, Shroff's example she started with editorial then she did costume design and then now they're celebrity stylists who solely style celebrities for their airport looks and sometimes for films sometimes for promotions and yeah. stuff. so it's it's crazy how the industry itself has just sort of exploded. Yeah, but it was always there. I mean, there were stylists who used to do ad campaigns, but they were not called yeah. stylists. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a profession. There were Even then, there were celebrities who had people who advised them what to okay. wear for, you know, the red... It wasn't even called the red carpet. But even then, there were they had people who told them, like, for example, I don't know, the late Prime Minister Indira Gandhi had... A uh, wonderful lady who was considered the cultural zarina of uh, India, and she did all this festival of India's across the world. Pupul Jaikar, who's to advise her on what sarees to wear, and you know, and she's to get sarees woven for her. And okay, so in a way, she was a stylist, yeah. but no one called her the stylist. Yeah. You know, so I think styling, yeah, they were all there, but now, of course, it's become very, very. Uh, uh, very uh, what do you call it it's become very segmented so now you have your editorial stylist your commercial stylist yeah and of course there are people who jump from uh yeah one uh, branch to the other yeah and there are some multifaceted ones who do everything so 
Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, like that also makes me think about like, you know, in the last year because of the pandemic, um, all of these people who are red, red carpet stylists suddenly, I think, whatever, for the Golden Globes or for the Emmys or all of these sort of virtual red carpets that were happening and then suddenly they started sort of creative yeah, directing that is, images. I think the a natural progression for most stylists is that from fashion styling, they become now creative directors. Yeah, that I think is a kind of natural progression which is happening. And uh, it's a good thing, actually. Yeah. It's a good thing. I don't see yeah. why not, yeah. you know. Yeah, it feels like a very sort of organic curve. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are now becoming influencers too. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're actually wearing the clothes themselves and telling you how to, you know, you know they're not using a model. They have become the model themselves. So, since we spoke about, you know, uh, explaining editorial to designers at the time, you've also worked at Brights today. So, you know, um, work at editorial at Elle was so sort of high fashion and editorial focused. Could you tell us more about how you brought that kind of creative lens to a bridal magazine, especially one that depended so heavily on advertisers? Um, you know... Uh I think by the time L was, I don't know, I think 20 years ago. Hmm. And by the time I arrived in Brides today, I think the scenario of the magazine itself, you know, had changed and it was really completely marketing driven. But so there was a lot of collaborations with the designer, especially for the cover stories. And they were the, and the designers used to come on board as guest editors. So, in a way, you did not have complete creative control. There were some designers who respected you and kind of let you give you, they gave you the creative freedom. But some of them just wanted their vision to be translated. So you were not really, you were not really the so-called controller of the, let's say, the yeah. shoot. But some you worked very well. So there was great collaborations. At times there wasn't. But whenever we got a chance to do an editorial without this uh, so-called conditions, Mm -hmm. uh, it was great actually because it was in a way, you know, that bridal market is the market in India and our so-called version of couture is bridal. And uh, let's face it, the money is in the bridal market. So inevitably, more and more designers are. But I think the way your generation is looking at bridal clothes, Mm. that is changing. So it was very exciting to present a different vision of how to wear bridal clothes. Yeah. You know, so that I think was exciting to do. This is a question I've actually, re- I sort of, I've been wanting to ask you, which is, what is your favorite shoot or cover that you've ever worked on? Oh, very difficult to answer that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is a very, I cannot, actually cannot. Is it like okay, picking your five. favorite children? There are many, many, many. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there are many, you know, and also half the time I don't even recall my covers. It's like, especially when I was, 
at least brights today it is not that hectic and you know i had a break and yeah uh there was the team who was also doing styling covers so um and later also in l there was Malini Banerjee who was the fashion editor and my deputy and I used to give everybody a chance to shoot covers but one phase I think from 2000 to 2006 I think for 6 years every cover because I did not have someone to hand over the cover yeah. to yeah so you know I was try- still trying to groom a team and get them in place so I was not completely confident that they would be able to handle a cover mm-hmm. on their own so I think I shot every cover so you know sometimes years. Years. Yeah, so yeah so wow. and then so suddenly a cover comes up on you know some people have this nostalgia flashback some photographer puts it up on it i'm like oh my god did i do that <laughs> so yeah so sometimes i don't even remember but oh okay so let me see favorite covers actually you know when i started with brights today the very first cover was a collaboration with i mean in the sense right story always existed but with nonita as the editor mm-hmm. yeah. and me as the fashion director our very first issue was kriti sanon in tarutelyani right okay. yeah i, th- I, I think that i think yeah but i think that for me was a very lovely cover then there was uh, a beautiful cover with lakshmi menon because You know, we all had we had issues. Yeah. We had a swimwear special. Yeah. We had a high street special, and we had a bridal special, <laughs> and you know, festival special. So we all had the special issues. Though. So every issue was, you know, shop for less. Yeah. And, you know, we had all sorts of themes in every issue. So we always had a swimsuit issue every year and annuals. So there was this beautiful cover we did with Lakshmi Menon, and uh, I remember that. also because she was seated and hmm. uh, then i remember a full length cover i did with oh lakshmi menon cover was shot with by prabuddho uh, then i remember a full length cover i think at my first full length the no one you know all the covers were cropped they cropped at like you know made or you know so there was this beautiful cover we did full length mm. so there was lot of empty space so we didn't know what to do with this empty space but that was <laughs> a very first full length cover with there was this stunning model still is actually dipanita and it was shot by atul kasbekar and i think that i remember then uh, then there was a stunning cover actually with katrina kaif okay Yeah, with Tarun Khival, and it was not a great shoot per se, but the cover turned out to be so stunning yeah. that uh, you know we kind of forgot how the how it came about. Oh, then there was a stunning cover with Ujwala because she had just come back; she had become a rage in Paris. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And she was walking all the international catwalk, and she was her family was in Mumbai, and she visited, and we kind of knew her, so she said, "Okay, let's do a cover," and so we did this. Uh, Rohit Bal Achkan and uh, you know also those were more what we call modest times yeah all the models were not as uh, uh what do you call it experimenting as they are now yeah. you know now it's much more easier and we are more liberal let's say and but she had been exposed to Tom Ford and Valentino I think Tom Ford so is I all said, you had to say 
<laughs> no, so I said, will you wear this achkan with nothing underneath? So she said, yeah, sure, of course I'll do it. <laughs> you know, so so it was quite exciting. Not that in in any way, it's not it's not that you can show that much skin. Also, after all, we were a so-called classy fashion magazine. So, but still, so there's just a <laughs> suggestion that she's not wearing anything underneath, which came across. So I think that was exciting. I want to go look these there's covers so many, up. There's so many. Yeah, I can't wait. You to may just... not find them. You <laughs> may not find them. There's so many. There are so many. Speaking of our listeners, what, can you give us a top your top three tips to style menswear? Because we've realized that the, all the fashion-related podcasts we've done have been women's wear, so we're like, we have to jump at this opportunity and talk a little bit about menswear styling. That and like a okay. bunch of men I know just cannot dress. Okay, we, we don't have to say that. No, no, they need to hear it. <laughs> okay. I think the first tip which works very well is layering. You know, whether it's long over short or short over long of various lengths. Yeah. But I think layering menswear always works. Yeah. I think it always produces great imagery. And what people tend to forget... Because it's changing. I mean, times are changing. I'm, st- I mean, but there is still there though a so-called notion. They forget that accessories are as important for menswear as for womenswear. So don't forget to bring your earrings. Don't forget to bring your chains. Don't forget to bring your finger rings. Don't forget the sunglasses, eyeglasses, headgears. Don't forget your hats and caps and scarves and stoles and shoes. Men like accessorizing too. Yeah. And they you and know, they so. should more. And they should. Yeah. And they are. Now 100%. they are. They are. Actually, uh, I still remember I was teaching this class to my kids and this one of my kids is obsessed with Harry Styles. Love. You're, so. you're looking at someone else who's obsessed with Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, you know, Harry Styles, sir, Harry Styles and his pearl earring. I said, did you know that if you look at miniature paintings, our Mughal Maharajas yeah. all yes. have worn pearl earrings? You know what I mean? So pearl earrings is nothing new. In fact, jewelry is nothing new. Pearl, pearls, especially for men, is nothing new for Indian royalty we've always worn pearls so i think that i think is the second tip which i would give do not forget the accessories so we got layering we got accessorizing accessories yeah accessorize don't forget to accessorize sometimes the accessories can even be the king yeah. you know you can have a very simple very mm-hmm. clean very minimal white shirt and blue jeans but with accessories you can yeah it just makes it, it. a certain yeah you can in, Take it to a certain level. You know, you can raise the bar of styling for men. Number three. Number three. Number three. I think... I think the body language. Yeah. Yeah. Like how they carry themselves? Yeah. I mean, you know, it can be easy. It doesn't have to be this very stiff... I have just worked out two hours in the gym (laughs) and, you know, my... You know, my... (laughs) My muscles are frozen and everything is frozen about me. So, I, you know, I think a little bit more easy. Yeah. You know, and actually uh, that also is changing. Okay. Which is great because I remember when we used to first shoot male models. I'm talking about like you know, 20, 25 years ago. Most of them wanted to be Bollywood actors, obviously. There was really not much of a career. So, now you have male models who know fashion, who know how yeah. to, 
you know, and they're easy. They're in the sense they're not as stiff and as bulked up or worked out as they're much more comfortable. So I think that body language, even with a model who is not, yeah. which, for example, I think someone like, unfortunately, I have to give a Bollywood example because it kind of works. Mm. Ranveer Singh. Mm. I love mm. him. He is, you know, in the sense he is bulked up and he is someone who can be one of those stiff bodybuilder yeah. types, but he can also be this person who can wear this flowing gagra and dance. He moves with you a certain leg I mean? ease yeah, to he, him. So I think that body language to work on a male model, if you just kind of break certain notions. Yeah. Works, Love that. Men listening, please take note. We want Men to see you in more accessories. Yeah, because, you know, they do like to dance. Yeah. They do like to, you know, it's not that they are, so they they actually have their moments. It's just to get it out of it, get yeah. it out there, you know. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, so, yeah. So those okay, are now, you're helping other people with their style, but could you describe yours? Um, oh. Could you describe your personal style? What sets it apart? I love color. I'm never scared to wear color. Yeah. You know, like, so, um, no, like Samriti mentioned, the orange... Uh, jumpsuit which I used to wear in college I I actually was never scared to wear color you know I yeah. love color I can wear a hot pink shirt with the orange trouser I can wear a feather boa I can wear a t-shirt which a dhoti which also I have yeah. done I've even worn a dhoti with suspenders so I have actually I'm kind of easy with and I'm not very hung up on labels and brands yeah um I always feel that styling is something which you can do without actually spending too much money on. Fully uh, agreed. Yeah. I mean, certain things, yes. Certain things you invest in, yes, that's worth it. But uh, no, so I've never really chased a brand or a label if I come across something. And I'm also very impulsive. I'm very impulsive in the sense that I do not actually have never ever I think as far as I remember have gone out and said okay I need to buy this yeah, yeah. so uh, in my travels in you know sometimes you get invited for a certain uh, uh, shop opening or some event I are very instinctive buyers so if I like it I just buy it then and then. yeah and then of course I try and mix and match love it but I think color is something which yeah if at all you have to ask me for one to thing to distill it down it's it's color it's yeah if you really want to say what is my style statement is i'm never afraid of color okay brighter the better love it love that as you should <laughs> so the next question is more of a small game we play with all of our guests so we'll give you three words okay. and you need to tell us what comes to your mind when we say these words okay are you ready okay yeah, yeah. so the first one is style style yeah no i'm sorry so what do you mean so I said the word style. What comes to mind? You can say one word. You okay, can say but can anything. We... Oh, but it can be a person also. Yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Okay. Oh, so that's how it's going to go. <laughs> but you're not going to give me time to think. No. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Style. Style. Me. Me. Okay. Love that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, image. Ah, uh, Rekha. Love that also. Future? Uh, artificial intelligence. Even better. I feel like we're getting great answers. We're getting this. such great answers. 
Okay. Um, lastly, this is another question we always ask every single and guest. And we get the funniest results. So you yeah. can be as, as free as you'd like to be. The last person oh. we interviewed just rejected the question. So <laughs> that's also oh, an really? option. Yeah. Um, so what do you mean? So you said you get funny answers and this person rejected it? Yeah, she just said, I don't want yeah. to. <laughs> Okay, okay, we ask the question and then we can tell him more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. if you could pick anyone, real, fictional, doesn't matter, to play you in a biopic about your life, who would it be? Oh it doesn't gosh. have to bear resemblance. It does not have to bear resemblance. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so our last guest said, you, I don't want a biopic. I really don't too, <laughs> you know. I mean, I can get into the mood and be yeah. because it's a fun thing or whatever I really don't want to buy a pick on my life I don't <laughs> I do not want to buy a pick on my okay, life okay okay let's let's adapt if you could style really anyone's biopic who would okay, it be okay let's go with that if I would style anyone's biopic ah uh, Madonna Amazing. Love it. Okay. Y- yes. I'm I'm just like reeling from the fact that this is some other person also doesn't want to biopic. <laughs> no, I mean really, why would anyone make a biopic on my life? Why not? Because it's interesting. No. No. Oh I mean, there are people who have played fashion have haven't they played fashion editors on on screen? I mean Meryl Streep. Uh, I can only Meryl think of Devil, was, yeah. Devil, yeah. Stanley Tucci would have been the... Stanley Tucci is... I love him. Yeah. And there's this uh, web series called The Bold Time. Yeah, yeah, Oliver. Yeah, so Oliver. Yeah, so the that actor. But I don't know whether he's very popular though. That's okay. That doesn't I, matter. I think... No, also the the series focus is not him. It's the three yeah. Girls, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's Sutton actually who is the stylist yeah. focus in the series. I'm very he's impressed there, the by boss. the way that you're watching The Bold Time. Oh, my kids told me to watch it. Okay. <laughs> and then and then I started watching yeah. it kind of took us on a nostalgic trip about yeah. how magazines used to yeah. be. And, you know, because Brides Today was never a full-time job, right? It, only with L we had like really, we were yeah. there. Yeah, from seven scratch. Seven days, yeah. Morning to evening, sometimes, you know, yeah. even at night we were there. So... The office space, that whole atmosphere in the office, ordering food, celebrating birthdays, temper tantrums, fights. Oh, this so, makes you me know, miss an office so yeah, much. So, that whole, so, so the bold type kind of reflected that whole thing, which, you know, so I thought... That's sort of internal family dynamic. Yeah, plus by, right now in, I watched it in the pandemic, so work from home and really you yeah. kind of miss that whole vibe. So I think I ended up watching, that's how I ended up watching it. Anyway. Okay. Final question of the night. <laughs> Final question of the night. Where can our listeners find you on the internet? Insta? I have a handle. Yeah? And wh- <laughs> wh- what is the handle? My name? I think more Nilakanta. Yeah. I'm not very active, but once in a while I do post something. Okay, fantastic. So for listeners, this will yeah, be in the show. I notes. am on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so, so much for doing this. I think this is the, we say this after every episode, but I think this is the most fun, at least I've had in the last 11 episodes. Uh, I thought it was fun too. Oh, I think it's great. This was fantastic. Thank you so I much. I still can't get over this biopic. <laughs> <laughs>
I still can't. I still can't. My head is still going there. I was like, you know, really biopic. <laughs> Veer, I'd say it was such a blast. I feel like. I we, like we called each other up after we like oh my god this is such a great episode yeah, which i think is really even happening so much more cuz I, i like as we started getting more comfortable with recording but um, more importantly after we had stopped recording say the official bits of the episode but we were still recording i mean we had switched it off um mohan spoke a lot about some of his iconic covers at lm just a few a few more like really interesting stories which we couldn't fit into the episode but we also couldn't not share them with you guys So if you would like to listen we're uploading it on our Instagram it's just great I mean if you're here and if you're listening to us and clearly you enjoyed the episode go listen like just a little bit more cool see you there <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tuesday Wine Club definitely remember to follow us on Instagram I know you're going to go there to check out these extra show notes anyway You can find Veer and my personal handles on the same account and you know we love the extra engagement so you know what come give our profiles a little bit of stalking and like like every post share it comment on things lastly whatever you're listening to this there is an option to rate and review this podcast so hey go ahead do that but anyway see you next week <laughs> bye